This is a podcast from Partnerships for Wellbeing. Hello and welcome to this winter fresh episode of Ways to Wellbeing. Coming to you from the PFW studio here on the banks of the River Ness. I'm Jeff Szynski and in many previous episodes of this podcast we've talked about the NHS approved five ways to well-being and among those five ways are connecting with people and learning a new skill. Now my guest today knows a thing or two about both of those because he's going to tell us about fun palaces. He's not the king of the palace but he is an ambassador for the project based here in Inverness. Ruri Gordon, welcome to Ways to Wellbeing. Thank you for having me. So, um, Fun Palaces, can you sum it up for us? Sum it up. So, Fun Palaces is a, is a UK-wide organisation um, and campaign, if you will, um, that supports people, groups and communities to create their own community events. Um, whatever that may look like, often we find um, they materialise as sort of skill sharing sessions or workshops mm-hmm. or fun palaces, as we call them. Um, the whole concept of fun palaces is based on the idea of cultural democracy mm-hmm. and that everyone's contribution and input to their, our shared cultural landscape is of equal importance and everyone should have a platform to express that um, input. As they wish. Well, that's a big theme, and we'll come to it in a minute. But just to give people an idea of what a fun palace is, I mean, I've looked at your website, mm-hmm. uh, and there's examples of, of, across the UK. Um, you give us a couple of those. Yeah, absolutely. So, fun palaces can take many, many shapes and forms. Um, in the Highlands, we've seen apple pressing workshops at the Botanic Gardens. We've had fun palaces which consist exclusively of neighbours passing notes between themselves during lockdown when mm-hmm. people can go anywhere. Um, they can be as big as um, skill sharing workshops where people are repairing broken household objects. They can be whatever you want them to be. Mm-hmm. They're really, really broad events that are created by anyone and for anyone. It is interesting because when I met you uh, before Christmas uh, to talk about this, I think I had the notion that it was about workshops uh, of people who knew what they were doing telling people what to do, mm, yeah, yeah. but it's not quite that. In fact, on the website, there's a very good example of what's not a fun palace, exactly. yeah. which is when it comes to face painting. Can yeah. you explain the difference? Absolutely. So fun palaces is based on the concept that everyone has a skill to share. Everyone is a genius and everyone has something that they could share with other folk. So you don't need to be a professional. Far from it. We don't look to platform professional artists or professional makers or anything like that to show off skills. It's not about that, it's about everyone being able to share a thing that they're passionate about or interested in with other folk in their community and it's as simple as that. Very good. Now, connecting with people Mm -hmm. is a a very big part of this as well. Now that's right up our street in terms Mm -hmm. of well-being as well. I mean, you, I dare say well-being isn't, isn't the, the, the focus for you. It is about encouraging creativity. It's about encouraging creativity, but encouraging creativity, in my mind anyway, fosters well-being, you know, and we seek to sort of create those connections that, um, that make people able to share the things that are, that are important to them with each other. And whether that's creativity, whether that's artistic, scientific, sporty, it could be anything at all. Um, But it's very much about using creativity and passion about anything to increase well-being and increase connection and 
just sort of get folk together as much as possible. It's a real burden that uh, creativity because so many people will say to you, I'm sure you've encountered it, oh, I'm not the creative type, mm -hmm. yeah. you know. Yeah. And uh, in my previous career um, in broadcasting, I always found that the people who were creative were simply the people who believed they were creative. Exactly, yeah. Because somewhere along the line, someone had given them that confidence. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I find that there are plentiful channels for folk who already believe that they are creative to express that creativity. I think you know we, we you can get a platform if you believe you're creative and you're confident in it. You can get a platform to sort of showcase that if you'd like to. What I'm really interested in here is drawing out the fact that everyone is creative. Everyone has an element of creativity, even if they don't think it themselves. Mm -hmm. But um, what we hope to do is create the environment where people feel safe and comfortable enough to to share that um, with each other and with themselves. You know, and explore that and and do something that they're interested about just because they want to, not necessarily because they have to. And yeah, that's that's the, the bulk of it. Okay. Well, let's go back to that big theme you were mm -hmm. talking about, the mm -hmm. democratisation mm -hmm. of the arts, I suppose. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Now, I take it what you mean by that is there's one view of the arts, which mm -hmm. is highbrow, high arts, yeah. as we term it. Um, Scottish opera, you know, Scottish ballet, mm -hmm. big theatre companies. Now, these are the people that come to Eden Court, where you're based. Mm -hmm. Yeah, are, yeah. Are you, are you loggerheads with that philosophy? <laughs> Not at all. I mean, I'm saying, do you have any friends down there anymore? Yeah, 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 yeah. Plenty of friends, plenty of friends. Um, if you speak to anyone in Scottish Ballet or Scottish Opera, they'll be the first to promote ideals of, of cultural democracy. Um, wow. The perception of, of some of these organisations can be sort of quite tricky to, to, to cope, to, to, um, to realise and to, to cope with, but I believe at their heart all of these big cultural organisations are big sort of proponents of, of cultural democracy, um, that being the idea that everyone's input into our cultural landscape is important and should be valued. Um, but yeah, I, I think my role at Eden Court is very much to um, emphasise the fact that Eden Court and not just Eden Court, public buildings, public spaces all over the Highlands and Islands and, and Scotland, I suppose, um, are there to facilitate the very essence of cultural democracy. They're mm -hmm. there to give people the space and give people the time to explore their own creativity and their own culture. Um, and I think that sort of ties in with um, with the work that these organisations do with the likes of Scottish Ballet, Scottish Opera. It all comes together into one melting pot of ideas and mm -hmm. culture, you know. Um, but we need to make sure that people know that these spaces and these... Um, yeah, th this infrastructure is there to be utilised, mm -hmm. is there for us all, is there for us all to use, and hopefully I can... Succeeding? I think so, I think so. I mean, it's it's a difficult thing to measure. It's a difficult thing to measure, you know, how, how do you count how many people believe in, in cultural democracy? How do you count how many people um, recognise that a space is theirs in the sort of public sense? Um, but I think I think we are succeeding, and I think broadly across the country, there's quite a movement um, within the cultural sector to 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 shift towards that sort of ideal. Um, and I think we're part of a, a much yeah a much bigger drive to to achieve that. Um, yeah. And yeah, once I figure out how to measure it, I'll tell you if we're <laughs> succeeding or not. Because how do you you know what I'd like to see is Eden Court being used as a space that people feel comfortable just to come into. 
to do something creative if they want to, you know, without yeah. having to book our space, without having to book a room, without even having to speak to me or anyone else at Eden Court. It's a public space, people can come in and do something if they want to do it, right. you know. It's a hard thing to count though. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's talk about you then. I mean, what is your background? Is it within the arts? Are you a secret artist, writer, <laughs> sculptor, actor? Um, well, I, I suppose I'm in light as a bit of an actor, but not, not, um, not in any sort of grand sense. I play a bit of music um, in a very non-professional sense. Um, I enjoy playing at a good session. Um, but primarily, I've been my background is events. I've been working at. Can I stop you? It's interesting you said <laughs> in a non-professional sense. Non-professional sense. You're almost, almost going counter to your own philosophy there by kind of downgrading that a wee yeah, bit. Yeah, it's know? it's not downgrading it. I, what I, I don't make a living from pay, playing music. Yeah, and that's it. So I don't. I don't know that I'm downgrading my philosophy. Is that just modesty? <laughs> yeah, I think it's probably modesty. It's probably modesty. Um, yeah, I used to perform a good bit um, with music. I used to play and, and gig every now and then, um, but I've sort of reeled that back in a wee bit and really my only audience now for my music is my kids. Oh. <laughs> I sing to sleep from time to time, but oh, they're, that, even, that. they're even getting bored of that now Yeah, as I was well. going to say, that won't last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got one, I've got a, my youngest's nearly two and she still enjoys it from time to time, but they're, they're getting sick of me. <laughs> well, you said it's not, but that's not your background. Yeah, yeah. So my background, I've I've worked uh, in the events industry for a for a long time, mainly sort of music festivals and concerts mm -hmm. and that sort of thing across Scotland. Um, I'm a sound engineer as well, mm -hmm. um, so I, I work at wee gigs uh, usually across the Highlands, um, mm -hmm. and I still do that from time to time alongside my work at Eden Court, and really enjoy that as well. Very good. Yeah. Okay, so how uh, how do people find out more about Fun Palaces? Yeah, so Fun Palaces, you can there are a couple of websites. You can visit the Fun Palaces website, which is funpalaces.co.uk, all one word, um, or you can visit the Eden Court Fun Palaces page, which you can find through eden-court.co.uk, and there you can find contact details for myself and how to get involved. Um, on the Fun Palaces website itself, you can find loads of resources and stories about. Um, previous fun palaces and how to get involved and different sort of guidelines and, and help and, and getting set up with uh, running your, your very own fun palace. But you can always just pop into Eden Court and come and say hello to me. Um, I'm usually there Tuesdays and Thursdays, um, but if I'm not you can just ask someone and they will happily take a message for me. Very good. Well, I'm resisting this very old joke mm -hmm. that I wanted to about. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to go for it, you know. You've probably heard it, but what do you call a mushroom at a party? Oh, I'm sure I know it, but I'm going to give you the, the benefit of the doubt and say I don't know. A fungi. Thank you for being <laughs> our fungi from Fun Palaces. Uh, Ruri Gordon, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. And if you go to our website, you'll find out more about all, all our podcasts, but more importantly, all the things we're doing here at Partnerships for Wellbeing, because it is going to be quite an exciting year. Bye for now. Ways to Wellbeing is produced in Inverness, Scotland by Partnerships for Wellbeing, a registered charity. To find out more about our services, go to p4w.org.uk.